The Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others, because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Hello and welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm Stephen, your host this week. So excited to be speaking with Dr. Tremaine Afetabor. She is... She is a pharmacist and graduate of Xavier University. She is also known as Dr. Flava. She is the wellness foodie pharmacist, CEO of Dr. Flava Spices, and even an accomplished author. She wrote the book, The Pharmacist's Guide, How to Healthy Yourself. Dr. Afetabor, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited to be here on the Black Doctors Podcast. <laughs> And you stuck it out to the technical difficulties. It's all good, right? COVID taught us to be patient, and the aftermath has taught us to be even more patient, right? Absolutely. So, Dr. Fedebor, let's jump into it. You went to Xavier University. What was your experience there? Oh, Xavier University, that was the best experience that I ever had. So, if you guys grew up in the 90s, 80s, 90s like me, you watched a different world. So, I knew that it was, I absolutely had to go to an HBCU, no questions asked. I'm from Jersey, but um, I ended up in New Orleans. I had a big sister that worked for Essence Magazine, and she took me to New Orleans. I said, yes, I have to go here. Um... And it was it just it just built this love and community, friends, lifelong friends that you just have. And to all of us from Xavier, New Orleans is like our second home. And New Orleans is such a loving city. They embrace you. I love it so very, very much. But being at a historically black college university, you see I have on my earrings, I love my HBCU. <laughs> there is just a level of pride that we have and we carry it with us. If you went to an HBCU, it's all love. We have our little rivalries here <laughs> and there, bit. but it's like you went to an HBCU. You're good because you understand like the friends that you meet. And we all start out the same, but now we graduated. People are dentists. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They're pharmacists, medical doctors, different types of doctors, pediatricians, all different types of doctors, surgeons. And it's just such a beautiful thing because I remember us all just coming in raw and and uncertain <laughs> of who we really were. And now people are out in the world making an impact. And that's what I love. Yeah. And where did you come from? You know, prior to Xavier, where'd you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. So I am from Linden, New Jersey. I was born in the Bronx. We moved to Jersey. I am a Jersey girl. You'll hear it come out here and there. That's why it's called <laughs> Dr. Flava. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you went from Jersey to Louisiana, you're at Xavier. Did you know that you wanted to become a pharmacist? So I was actually pre-med, like many people. That's what Xavier was known for. So back in the time when I grew up, we read real hard copy magazines, right? It wasn't online. And there was a magazine at the time called Jet Magazine. Mm -hmm. And that magazine, my guidance counselor showed me an article. He was like, this school is number one for producing African-American doctors. And that's how I ended up choosing Xavier. And I knew I always wanted to help people. I love science. I love biology. I love math. But I realized, I was like, I don't like blood. I don't want to deal with any of that. And so one of my teachers at Xavier was like, have you considered pharmacy? So I was like, you know what? 
And that's the only school I, I applied to. I didn't apply to anywhere else. I applied to Xavier's pharmacy wow. school because I was like, God, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and it worked out. All right. So, and then you did four years at Xavier and then an additional four years of pharmacy school at, at Xavier? No. So it's it's two years undergrad. So you do all your prereqs, right? And then it's four years of pharmacy school. Now, some oh. people go the whole four years and get their, yeah, they'll get their, um, oh, what is the first degree called? Oh my gosh. I can't bachelor's, even think of it. But you know bachelor's. what? Yeah, bachelor's. So they'll get their bachelor's first. And then um, some people will go on and come back to pharmacy school, but you don't have to do that. But things have changed now. They have dual degree programs and so many different offerings now. But I graduated back in 2004. Yeah. So talk to us about pharmacy school. What was that like? Oh, pharmacy school. Huh? It's like, no. <laughs> so I will tell you this. Dr. Ray, God bless his soul. He was my organic chemistry teacher. And when I got into pharmacy school and I took medicinal chemistry, I said, no wonder I had to take organic. It all made sense, right? And Dr. Wong was my medicinal chemistry teacher. And I tell you, at first it was a shock, but realistically, it's like sometimes when you're in school, you just feel like you're learning stuff, but it really all comes together. And my initial experience at first was I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? But then I started to really enjoy it. Because for me, how I learn, I have to understand and know the why, and then I can learn. But if it's just information thrown at you without you really understanding the core basic of it, and I think sometimes when people are teaching, you have to understand how people learn for them to get it, because you literally can learn anything, right? Yeah. It's just you putting your mind to it and absorbing the information and, 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 and dissecting it and applying it. So pharmacy school was definitely quite interesting. My class was the first class where they changed our curriculum to make it a little bit more clinical um, because they realized the practice of pharmacy was changing. So um, I didn't do a residency. Dr. Marky Moore, she was pushing me like, do a residency, do a residency. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm ready to get out of school. I just want to go out and help people. But it all worked out. Pharmacy school was a great experience. I met some great people, some long nights of studying. Uh, it was some summer school in there as well to catch up because I had changed my major from pre-med to pharmacy. So I had to catch up on the science because I had more biology and, uh, it was, it was a great experience. I, I wouldn't change it, but now I'm enjoying my entrepreneur life. All right. Now coming out of pharmacy school, cause it, it, the four years that you spent doing that you had to do rotations as well. Can you talk about the mm -hmm. different rotations you, you do as a pharmacy student? So, yes. So you do have multiple rotations for a full year. Now, this is back in 2003, sir. It's 2021. <laughs> so I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't remember everything, but I do remember I did like a Coumadin clinic. I did um, a regular inpatient pharmacy in the lower ninth ward. My favorite was with a cardiologist, Dr. Keith Ferdinand. Oh my goodness. It was a JNC six back then, but I think now they're up to like nine or 10. I'm not even sure what they're up to, but he would always talk about this, the literature from the JN, JN six, I think I can't remember, but nevertheless, Dr. Keith Ferdinand, that was one of my favorites. It was actually a card cardiologist office in the lower ninth ward. And we saw, you know, it was, it was the inner city, black and brown community. And I remember seeing so many different types of patients. And he was just like, when you look at these people, you wouldn't think, right? Because they're 
this woman here, he's like, look at her. Would you think her blood pressure was 200 over 100 and something? And it was like, no, because you always think people have to look a certain way to be unhealthy. Right. Um, but that definitely opened up my eyes because, you know, he would always be very mindful and do all their lab work. I had to learn how to do what did I do? Like halter monitors. I did blood pressure screenings. I tested their blood sugars and worked them up pretty much like the nurses before he would come into the room. I would look over their charts, fill in their charts. This is, I guess, before everything was, you know, more computerized. And that was one of my favorites. And he would ask me like to make recommendations, especially like when their blood pressure wasn't controlled. So pretty much as a pharmacist, when you're on that team, you are there to give that drug information or like drug drug interactions you look at people's labs and say okay well maybe this is the issue this is why it's affecting their kidneys or if they have kidney failure or anything of that nature or even nutrition calculating those doses um creatinine clearance and all these different things that you learn in textbook it was things that we did more on rotations gotcha gotcha and then coming out of pharmacy school i know you you ended up doing your own thing but Coming straight out, did you practice as a pharmacist or what was that job life like before? I I came straight out into the world, okay? And <laughs> I went into retail. Oh. Let me tell you, I wanted to apply everything that I learned and I realized, um, and you I mean, well, you're you're an anesthesiologist, correct? Correct, yeah. All right. So basically, um, you come out into the world and you think you're just like, yes, I'm going to help the world and I'm going to make a difference in the world. And that's really why I went to school. But then I realized these big companies, it's, it's, it's bottom lines and metrics and different things like that. And so I worked in outpatient retail for 15 years, Wow. which feels like, I guess, you know how they talk about dog years. I feel like I was a pharmacist <laughs> for like 30 years. Oh, no. <laughs> But I, 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 I realized that that level of pressure was not for me, right? It was just too much. And I really wanted to make an impact. And I did. I helped thousands of patients over the years because I really wanted to help them along their journey. And I even do that now with as being the wellness foodie pharmacist, right? But I did actually work for 15 years in the community and I enjoyed it, but working with the public is the public. Mm. Um, as a pharmacist, people can walk right up to your counter, like not <laughs> even you can be doing a million things and they are going to come to you like, oh, people have come to me, wrap their fingers up bleeding. I'm like, you need to go to the hospital. They're like, yeah, I just cut my finger. What can I do? <laughs> I've had people come in pretty graphic, pulling up their clothes. Like, what kind of rash do you think this is? Because oh, we're no. like, like the most accessible. You can walk into a pharmacy and like, oh, that person can help me, right? So there's definitely some things that you see. Um, and it's, sometimes it's kind of funny, but things have changed so much. Um, now we see documentaries and movies about the whole opiate epidemic mm, but mm -hmm. i saw it unfolding i was there wow. during that time when oxycontin first came out and it was like the hottest drug right i've seen forged prescriptions people doing whatever they could to get this medicine crossing state lines like you're in florida well you lived in florida at one point florida had some stuff going on people there were doctors in florida who would like just write stuff for patients and then they would cross, you know, because Florida and Georgia are not too far if you go like that panhandle area. Yeah, yeah. And they would just come trying to fill 120 of this, 240 Ooh. of that. And it was just it was just bad. And then 
you know, over the years, a lot of doctors, they're like pediatricians and now they're pain management, you know, and you're seeing a lot of that right now. So I saw that whole thing unfold. I dealt with angry, irate, where I've had to like, I felt threatened and afraid because people get very hostile, you know? So definitely as a pharmacist, it's one of those things where I commend people. Like when I'm in Walmart, I'm just like, whoo, thank God that's not me anymore. But yeah. you know, it's definitely something that over time, I realized that I, I can make more impact this way, you know, hmm. and my health is so important. And a lot of times healthcare people, we're not as healthy because we're so busy helping other people. And that was very important for me to take care of myself first so that I can help other people. Yeah, I actually worked at Walgreens as an assistant manager in, in college and mm-hmm. they'd have me back in the back, sometimes counting pills. I'm like, y'all, y- y- y'all trust me to yeah. count these people's medications? Yes, let me tell you, when I was at CVS, my manager, we would call it Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> We would just get on the thing and say, showtime, and he would be back there helping. Because that goes back to what? The bottom line. They're like, your business is contingent because the pharmacy brings in the money, right? Right, right. the, The manager's bonus, too, is contingent upon the total sales of the store. And pharmacy plays a big role. So that's why a lot of times, you know, they would get you guys involved. Yeah. So you help so many people. You were so involved in the community. You saw so many things. What led you to make that jump and become Dr. Flavor, doc, Dr. Flavor, Flava. and uh, focus on that wellness, become the wellness foodie pharmacist? Well, I was always Dr. Flavor. She was always inside <laughs> of me. I, was, I always had a hustle in me. Like I had been, it's so funny. So I was, a, I did Mary Kay. I did this thing called Melaleuca, which was before its time. It was more about all natural products, but this was like in the early 2000s. So people weren't really hearing that like green products. I did that. I was an insurance agent, like health, (laughs) health insurance agent. And that actually transitioned me. And also I was a caterer. So I catered, I cooked for people. So I did this all throughout as a pharmacist and people like, well, you're a pharmacist. Why are you doing this? But I always felt like there was so much more for me to do. And I just never felt completely fulfilled as of working as a pharmacist. So after, let's see, I had my first baby. And then after my second child, he's now three, he was like six, seven months. And that was a wrap. And it was the best thing that ever happened because my departure, like the company that I was working for, I, the company that I was working for was, it was, it was, a uh, let's see, I went there mm-hmm. thinking it would be better. Mm-hmm. And it actually was not a better place and the things that I didn't agree with. So at the end, the departure was the best thing that could have ever happened. Um, and I am so glad not to be there any longer because it definitely gave me more confidence to know that you can do this. And when I was working as a pharmacist, I knew I was getting that money. Right. So it was right. like I was really doing this as putting my whole heart and soul into it the way that I am now. So I'm just truly grateful now And while working as a pharmacist, the biggest thing that I would talk about was food because people always felt like medicine was such a quick fix. And I always would always go back to the food. So I realized food plays a big role in a lot of diseases, especially the ones that are affecting our community, high blood pressure, high cholesterol and diabetes. If we can cook at home, if we can eat a little bit healthier, that is going to help us to live a healthier life. So that's how that happened. Wow. And with Dr. Flavor, 
you you built this company you you have a whole line talk about the the products that you you sell and that you provide to the community to help them meet those goals yeah absolutely so look out for next year so let's talk about this i wrote a book <laughs> last year during covid the pharmacist got how to help yourself because we see all these help help self-help books but mm-hmm. i wanted people to understand that medicine is not a cure it's a symptom reliever right so even when you think about it as being an anesthesiologist the pain didn't go away but there are some blockers that that medicine is stopping right so that you don't feel the pain but the pain is still there so it's the same thing with medication we have to be more mindful so i'm teaching you about being mindful, understanding your body, teaching you how to be your own advocate first because you have to talk and and, and know what's going on in your body. So I te- talk about that. I talk about the numbers that you need to know. So this book is definitely a tool for people to use, especially if they're not quite sure where to start. This will help. And I even go over my own health journey, um, why I became so passionate because I dealt with some things and I was both the expert and the patient. And I'm still on a health journey because I'm like, I know, I tell people, I know my health ID. I know my bloodline. And because I know bloodline, I know that I have to do some things now uh, in my forties. So then when I get to 50, it's not like, Oh, I can't, I can't make it. No, (laughs) you know, like I want to still be vibrant. I still want to be able to go and I just believe that we can, you know, and the people, when I tell them like, oh, I'm, you're 40, I'm 41. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, but you have to do things. Like I've been doing stuff in my 20s and my 30s. I also talk about self-care. Like you got to take care of yourself, you know, because this is your one body. But right now I have a, oh, things are falling out. I have my um, holiday box here. Okay. And so my holiday box, it comes with five of my yummy flavors. It also comes with a holiday blend, which is an exclusive blend, but it's my smaller size bottles because I want people just to kind of get used to our flavors and have a variety of flavors for the holiday. But then I also have 10 other flavors. I have a Creole lemon pepper here. I have original everything, which is your all purpose. I have adobo. I have a garlic herb and onion pepper, which is no salt. I have sweet me potato hungry. pie. <laughs> I have a Creole delight and I have a Cajun. And most importantly is the sodium ranges from 85 to 100 milligrams per serving versus something like a uh, your commercial blends, which had typically 240 to 320. Uh-huh. And it's made with real herbs and spices, no fillers, no sugar. And the last thing I want people to really know is when you go into the store, even when you use the ones that say salt-free, look at the label. Because the label usually, or the ingredients as well, usually they use sugar. So they're like, well, we can't have no salt without this. I provide you with everything that you need. It's no MSG, no sugar, eight to 13 herbs and spices in each bottle packed with real flavor. And once we change and transform our palates, like you exercise, you can train your palate. And when you train your palate, you can teach it to understand that, hey, this food tastes good. And you train it. You can do it with salt. You can do it with water. Like I love, I have my water here. I love water. I taught myself to like water young. I was like, oh, I love water. That's in my book too. I talk about how our words have power. You can really do that. Sometimes when I'm working out, I smile, even though I'm like, 
oh Jesus, but I'll smile because I'm like, if I smile, I'll trick my brain to think like, yes, you like this, right? So I offer 10 different flavors. I have flavor bundles, um, no fillers, no dyes, no MSG, like our Creole lemon pepper. If you're in Atlanta, I live in Atlanta, I mean, you know, but if you live in Atlanta, you know, this is the wing capital. So I had to make the, I had to make the Creole lemon pepper. And the good thing is that I use turmeric and um, paprika for the color. So there's no yellow dye. And a lot of them use these dyes, which mm. are toxic. They're linked to cancer and so many different things. And then the MSG is also toxic. It's a flavor enhancer, but you don't need that. And the, the reason why a lot of big brands did that and do that was to get you addicted to the flavor and to they know they're not putting that much herbs and spices and real flavors in there. So they'll augment it with the MSG and the flavoring. So be mindful. And I talk about that, reading your labels. You got to read those labels. It's all good stuff. All good stuff. Dr. Fedebor, thank you so much for joining us on the show, aka Dr. Flava. Now, tell the folks out there where they can get a hold of you for your book, for your flavors, for anything else that you're, you're up to and putting out into the world. Absolutely. So you can always follow. I have two handles on Instagram. One is just for the spices. So that's at Dr. Flava Spices. For Dr. Flava, the wellness foodie pharmacist is at Dr. Flava Farm D. That's Twitter, that's YouTube, Facebook. And if you want to buy some of our yummy spices, you can go to drflavaspices.com. That's D R F L A V A S P I C S dot com and purchase some yummy, healthy spices to take the thinking out of cooking. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Black Doctors Podcast. Definitely going to have to get you back on because I know you got some stories from your life as a pharmacist that I want to dig deeper into. But in the meanwhile, thank you for joining us because representation matters. Absolutely. Thank you. The Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Stephen Bradley, your friendly neighborhood analyst.